Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Paula Ferris is the author of You Don't Have to Carry It All, Ditch the Mom Guilt and Find a Better Way Forward. This episode has been guest hosted by Julie Chavez, podcast host of Ask a Librarian and author of the upcoming Zibby Books title, Everyone But Myself. Paula is the founder of Carrie Media, which advocates for working moms through load lessening content. Prior to founding Carrie in 2022, she worked in network news, including anchoring Good Morning America and co-hosting The View. She has interviewed the likes of Reese Witherspoon, Tiger Woods, now President Joe Biden, and Nikki Haley. Paula Ferris lives in a small town in South Carolina with her husband, John, and their three children. 
Paula, welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm so happy you're here today. I am so thrilled to be here today. And we've just like had a blast getting to know one another offline. And it is a small world because, Julie, your parents are literally my neighbors in Podunk, South Carolina. I mean, I live in the middle of nowhere and your parents are here. It is incredible. And like I told you, I kept reading the book and some of the references, I thought, gosh, this sounds close. I know I've been there when I visited Uh my folks and it's such a beautiful area, but it is a small world after all. It is a small, small, small world. I love it. it, Well, oh my gosh. And I must (laughs) congratulate you also on your small world though, gaining a target. That is where, that's why we know that things are on the up and up. I mean, I have said, and when you say Target, we're talking about the retail store Target, yes, which sorry. I yes. could live at, and the closest Target. So I love everything about this area, but we don't have a Target nearby. Yeah, it's forty-five minutes, and we just learned that we're we have been approved for a Target, and it is like the best news anyone has ever heard. You could say, like, the second coming was happening, or we're getting a target, and we would all choose a target. (laughs) We cannot wait for the target to go in. I Um, love everything about it. I would feel the same way, because there are certain (laughs) things. And Target does have that, like, I'm overwhelmed, and I need to just walk the aisles somewhere. Target's the place. It's Therapy. Yes. I also feel that way about Sephora, for some reason. And my husband informed me that they do a lot of research before they build their stores. And I was like, well, it shows I'm going there right now. So shout out to all our favorite retailers here. That's amazing because I do that at Ulta, which is similar to Sephora. I don't like shopping for clothes. That gives me anxiety. I hate shopping. But I love Target. I love TJ Maxx and Marshalls. That's therapy for me. And Ulta slash Sephora. I I mean, I like shopping for makeup. I'm a lip gloss whore. I I will buy every single kind of lip gloss that's out there. Well, because we're looking for the right one. I know. I mean, there's got to be a perfect one. So we just have to keep trying. And they discontinue. You find one and then they discontinue it. Oh, that I don't think I've ever known such betrayal as that, right? When somebody discontinues your lip color, I'm like, why does the universe hate me? I know. I just did that yesterday. I was trying to reorder this lipstick that I love from Honest. It's discontinued. My favorite one from MAC is discontinued. I went on eBay. It's $90. I'm like, okay, I'll find another color. I'll find another one. Lipstick on eBay. Wow. I, I love that you went that direction with it, though, to check. I mean, some people are hustling lipsticks. <laughs> I just had no idea. I would never have thought to hoard those. Hmm. No. Well, I Googled the, I Googled right, the color up. under shopping to see where else it would populate. And it said eBay. And I'm like, okay, how much is it going to be? I was right. Let's like, just check. We'll find a new one. That feels a little aggressive. Okay. A little little aggressive, yeah. In your spare time, you'll be looking for a new lip color, but I'm so happy that you're here today to talk about your book, which the title is You Don't Have to Carry It All, Ditch the Mom Guilt, and Find a Better Way Forward. And I told you before we started that when I read the title of this book, I thought, this book is for me. Have you had that reaction from a lot of moms or a lot of women? Yes. And that is like, as an author, and I know there's a lot of authors out there that, that write books routinely, like it's their job. This is not my job to be an author. I just had this message that I had to write. And if I don't ever write another trade book, that's fine with me. I, I, I needed to get this message out there. And when I hear moms tell me, and I said that very Michigan, by the way, I was like, moms, 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 moms. put Um, in the bag. 
in the, in the bag. When I hear moms telling me that they feel seen and heard and valued and validated, that's all. That's all I need mm-hmm. to know. And so I, I just, I, I believe that mothers should be celebrated instead of scrutinized and punished. And it's just so difficult to be a mother, let alone a working mother here in America. And so, but yeah, that's the biggest compliment for me is just, I, I feel like moms have, a, I say it's a hug and a sword. You'll mm. feel seen and heard and you'll feel empowered. And that's when I, when I hear that that's happening, that's better than Target. It's better than Target. It's better than Target. Better than Target. I mean, yes. That makes total sense. And I really love hearing that because that was my reaction. I mean, I was following my husband around when I was reading through the book, reading things to him. And I said, listen to this. And so it does. It kind of makes you feel equal parts, I think, really validated Mm -hmm. because, uh, and I'll start here. The thing that I really liked is that I think sometimes as a mom, because there is this tendency toward mom guilt and so many things that, you know, the world keeps asking and you're never going to keep up with it. But what your book does is reminds us this isn't an individual failure. This is a Mm -hmm. systemic failure. There's no, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. You can't outwork this system. No matter Mm -hmm. how efficient you are, you're never going to get there. So I think that's such a validating thing for people to hear because it can be so heavy to feel like you're not doing enough. Yeah. And you feel like you're all alone in it. And I think for, for us to realize that we're not alone Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with us for feeling like this. And it's because the system isn't set up to support motherhood, let alone working motherhood. And that's nothing that we did wrong. (laughs) Yes. It's it's nothing that we did wrong, Mm -hmm. but I also want the book to feel, you know, then that's the journalist in me, helpful and hopeful and empowering and that there's tools. So I don't want it to be like the world is ending. It's look, this sucks and Mm -hmm. it's not a good situation, but it's going to get better and it's getting better. And here's how we can have a hand in making sure that that happens. So I, I mean, I think the empowering aspect was really, really important for me. I think there's a lot of books out there that, you know, rip the Band-Aid off and and reveal the ugly truth. I wanted to reveal the ugly truth. And I, you know, for me, it was important to interview historians and sociologists and talk to thought leaders about, you know, why is it so hard to be a mother in America? And like, why are we more burned out than ever before? You know, why are we, why are we penalized for motherhood? Um, But then, and, and, not just how we can give mothers the support they need and deserve, but the why behind it. The yes. why is where a lot of people don't understand. They understand the how we can do it, the nuts and bolts, the X's and O's, and here's how we can do it. But a lot of people don't understand the why. Mm-hmm. And so that, that right there is the validating part. This is why we're important. This is why motherhood should be celebrated. This is what we uniquely bring to the table. It's, it's like, finally, mm-hmm. you know, somebody is, you know, I wanted people to feel like so, finally someone is like speaking up for working moms and speaking up for motherhood. Yes. Because I'm tired of apologizing and I'm tired of this society scrutinizing us and penalizing us and telling us that we have to work like we don't have kids and have kids like we don't have a job. It's just, it's like, it's talking out of both sides of its mouth. We say we're a family-friendly country, but we're really not. No. We're really not at the end of the day. We're not. And you point that out in so many effective ways in this book. I really, I really appreciated that. And to your point too, I feel like I had this thought after I read through the book where 
We talk a lot about the mental load right now, which Mm -hmm. is so real and so valid, but then also to think, how can I kind of flip this script for myself and say, Mm -hmm. wow, look at all the things I do manage. Look at Mm -hmm. all the things that we are doing. And then how do you push that and make that into kind of fuel to move forward in these other ways? And I love what you talked about with negotiating your salary. I mean, just these Mm. basic things that yeah. Are really helpful. I work in education, so unfortunately that's useless to me for today, but maybe later <laughs> I'll be using it. But what, it's what, a good lesson. No, it is a good lesson. And sometimes it's good to know, like, okay, there's a well, their motherhood penalty exists. We make 70 cents on the dollar compared to fathers, and we're passed over on promotions and we're scrutinized when we take off time to be with our children. But fathers enjoy something conversely, it's called the fatherhood bonus. They're more likely to be higher than than a man without children, and they're paid more because they're parents. So it's like just even knowing it's my friend said that the book felt like myth busting to her, you know, and I was like, that's actually a really good description. Yes. And so I love to hear, like, I have it in my own mind, Mm -hmm. what the book, what I want the book to do. But when I hear other people describe it, and when she said myth busting, I was like, that's so that's awesome because it gives you context too. And context is really important, but context to, okay, we are making 70 cents of the dollar and compared to fathers. And yes, that sucks, but, and we're not, you know, we're not asking for raises because like we're, and when we ask for a raise, we're, we're asking for 30% less than men do. So we're, and we're asking for them three, three times less than they do. So yes, the system isn't set up, but, but we also like, I think it's important that we settle into knowing our worth and advocating for it too. Um, And so it's, like I said, there's a lot of stats and a lot of research and a lot of stories to just give you the ammunition that you need to make sure that we are taking those steps forward to making sure that there's a better way forward. Because it doesn't have to be like this for our kids. It's very, what we're dealing with, that's another thing, Julie, it's very generational. Yes. Very generational. One million percent. Mm -hmm. It's, Interesting to see. You're exactly right because I was just thinking as you were talking, this is something that you're doing for you and you're also doing for your kids because it's the same, the things we can open up for them. And so much of that was coded into our generation, right? Like Mm. there was a lot of absorption of those messages. So seeing them and refusing to continue to abide by them since they are myths anyway, I think that's such a good message. I really, let's, Talk about, oh, sorry. I also did want to tell you that one of the titles that I was considering for my book, which we wouldn't use because it does oversimplify, but I found it hilarious. And it was, in my next life, I'm going to be a dad. <laughs> and I say it all the time at my house. Like, <laughs> I, why? Why can't you? I mean, I, I, I love your title. Maybe it'll come back around. Right. I, it's the stuff that comes out of my husband's mouth sometimes. Like the other day he said, where do you go? Like he didn't know the name of their middle school. And I said, in my next life, I'm going to be a dad. It seems awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It does. And you know what? That's where like, it's so important that like we invite the men into this conversation and chapter eight of the book is all about how we can do that. And, And realizing a lot of times and I'm, I'm not saying that men are innocent here, okay? But, of course. and the onus can't be on the marginalized person, which is the mother, to get them to figure it out. But they have grown up 
being told that they should be a good man or, you know, there's there's like be a good man or, or a real man. And those are two mm. different things. They've also been told that they're only as good as the paycheck that they bring home, yes. you know, and, and to be the provider or they're worthless. And so men have kind of grown up with their own set of toxic messages and their own patriarchy, nowhere near the extent, but so much of it is generational. And that's why I'm so... I, I am so encouraged mm. by this next generation to see, I see it all the time, dads stepping up and it's not like they're stepping up, they're, they're partnering, which is what it's yes. all about. But so much, so many of our problems began in June Cleaver's freaking kitchen in the 1950s when we pushed men out of the home and we pushed women out of the workplace. And then when women had to eventually get back in the workplace, men were already pushed out of the home. So the woman just began absorbing it all. And when Mm -hmm. you think about it, if we do offer any sort of family leave, it's almost always maternity leave, which from the get-go, Julie, the onus is on the mother to do it all. She becomes the she fault, as Eve Rodsky says, right out of the gate. So, so much of it is generational. And that's why I'm just so encouraged to see men picking, like my husband this morning, I was sitting on the couch. I have some quiet time in the morning before the kids get up. He's sipping my coffee and he was putting away the dishes. And my little guy, my nine-year-old walks in and I am so glad he gets to see that. You know, I am so glad that he doesn't see his mother running around like a mom martyr anymore, trying to do it all and trying to carry it all. I have invited my husband into this conversation. I'm like, no more. We are partners here. Mm -hmm. In every sense of the imagination, there's no excuse that for you to not know your kid's teacher's name by the end of the day. It is May, you know, (laughs) but at the same time, the system isn't set up to include them, right? It's like, PTA. It's always, they send it out to the moms. They do everything to the moms. And so it's like, we just need to start over almost. And and so I don't fault men for everything. A lot of it is generational. A lot of it is the toxic messages. It's just what we know, right? Yes. Well, and that's such an important point that you make because so much of this is, we don't know better until yes. we know better. So yes. And your book really gives that opportunity because, yeah, my husband, I mean, it's interesting that you say that because he is the one who cooks primarily around here, which Mm -hmm. is great, except when he travels and then we all starve and we eat Chipotle all the time, but it's fine. (laughs) I'm like, just eat your cereal. I don't care. (laughs) Whatever you need to do. You're going to be fine. Stay alive till dad comes home. So, (laughs) but it was funny because, you know, he's a dad and there have been times where the children have said things like, "Mm, I don't like this dish. And that doesn't really go over great with him. And so my son said, I can't wait to cook dinner for my family. And I'm going to say, this is what I made and this is what you're eating. And it was so funny when he said it. And I thought, that is so great because he is just picking up that message and it won't even be something that would occur to him as being a big deal. Or no, or an, like the anomaly. woman's job, or the woman's job to cook the food. Right? Exactly. Yes. That's, yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, my... You know, when I first got married, my husband and I first got married, and we've been married like 23 years. And mm-hmm. I remember, you know, my mom had a hard time with me working outside of the home and being the primary breadwinner. His mom told me I needed to cook for him more often. But I'm like, so much of it is just the generation. Absolutely. It's the generation. And for me, also, I grew up in a very strict, conservative Christian home. Mm-hmm. And the scriptures were often weaponized. And a lot of women grow up in traditions 
and cultures and religions that diminish their roles in at home and in the workforce and in society. So a lot of us are dealing with those too. So, mm-hmm. but I think that's incredible. And there's so many stats to show that the children of working mothers, uh, I mean, there's so many benefits. The sons are better partners. They're incredible fathers they help out more you know they pick up some of that mental load mm-hmm. and but yet we often think we're breaking our children or doing them a disservice when we're when we're working and that's so so much of the guilt where the guilt comes in but like mom guilt doesn't exist in other countries they have no choice but to work right yes. and they take they take a lot of pride in it but they also have societal help yes. and family help and community assistance. So it's it's a much different situation. It really is. But you're exactly right. Seeing the, just looking at it from a different, a different lens in that way and saying, right. okay, this is something that we can slowly set up for them and give them a path forward that's better than the one that we had. Yeah, totally. totally. I love how you talk about, well, you address the resilience that you give to kids, which (laughs) is really, I really loved the story of you talking to your daughter after your miscarriage. Like that was, Mm -hmm. I really think that's so important. And to your point, kids, you know, seeing from their parents that we're not necessarily meeting all their needs, that that is a good thing. And it's tough to balance because I know for me, for a number of years, I thought that the best thing I could be for my kids was available that that was the best way I would show them I loved them, as opposed to not being around all the time, which is actually a gift to them. So how did you, how do you feel like that works out for you in your life now? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help. And I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 
a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Moms Don't Have Time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Moms Don't Have Time. I think, you know, I've come a long way even in the last five years because I pumped the brakes at the height of my career in 2018 when I was anchoring Good Morning America and co-hosting The View. And so much of it was the mom guilt that I felt, mm. you know, like I felt like I wasn't there. And and truly, though, when you look at it, like I was not, I was, my hours were all over the place. There was no consistency. And I really did want to be present with my children. Right. And then I lost my job two years later. They chose not to resign me. Like a lot of moms lost their job at the beginning of the pandemic. And I learned now to, instead of demonizing work, Okay, because the reality is, and that's why I'm so passionate about the work we're doing for Carrie, Carrie Media, which is Mm -hmm. we want to carry the burdens of working moms through content. But I'm so passionate about it because I think we have, well, first of all, 70% of mothers uh, will be the primary breadwinner for their children, for their family at some point in their children's lives. Mm -hmm. And more mothers, most moms are working because they have to. And so just understanding, for me, I had so many blind spots. You know, I had had my own echo chambers I was listening to, but just doing the research and realizing, like, it's it's not a choice for most families. Most moms are working because they have to. But also, I'm at the point now where... I invite my children into it. So Mm. instead of demonizing work, which I did a really good job of doing before, like, mommy's gone. Aren't you going to miss me so much? If I'm gone for more than two days, I'll buy you something because it's the worst thing in the world that mommy's going to be gone. I'll be home in two sleeps. Um, A friend of mine told me that kids have something called mirror neurons. So mirror neurons essentially means if I say this is awful, your kids are going to say this is awful. If I say this is good, your kids are going to say this is good. And so just kind of changing how I talk about work. A, it's necessary. Yeah. But B, I don't demonize it. I'm look at the great things. And granted, I'm in a good place where I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a founder. I'm kind of choosing what I want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people aren't in that situation, but I invite my children into the process. And I'm like, look at all this, these exciting opportunities for that mommy gets to have and really champion mothers and families. And I tell them about, you know, things that are happening in my day and I invite them and they ask questions about it. They feel like they're part of it. And I invite them and I say, what's an acceptable amount of travel? What's not an acceptable amount of travel? Mm. Cause it has to work for your whole family. And when you invite them into that process, it really changes things for them. They're, it, they don't see work as the awful, awful thing that takes their mommy away from them. They see it as an opportunity for for mom or dad to really use their gifts and calling, right? Mm-hmm. Callings to, to do the things that are on their heart. And your kids always know you're a priority. But again, right. it's how you talk about it, right? It's how you talk about it. So that's really changed the way that it's changed my relationship with with work, it's changed my relationship with my kids. And, you know, my friend who taught me this, he said, you know, it's no wonder our kids are 18 and they don't want to get a job because we've demonized it and we've said it's the worst thing ever. So, and but the reality is most, pe- most people, I know, I thought that was so interesting how we mm-hmm. talk about it. So, and kids will pick up on that. My kids don't talk about it negatively anymore. And they're part of the conversation and they get, to, they have a stake in it. They can tell us if we're tra- if we're doing too much and we're like, mm-hmm. okay, we're listening. That's okay. We got it. 
you know? Yes. So, yeah. Giving them opportunities to partner with you. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like we're talking about opportunities That's for so good. your partner to be partnered with you. It's like they're your smaller partners. Less, That's a really good know, way to put it. That's minority a way investors, it. as it were. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But investors, investors. Yeah, but they're invested. Yeah. And I think that gives them a really good model too for when they get older in terms of what choices they're going to make around work and what mm-hmm. choices they can make around work to the extent that it's possible for them. Yes. Because some things are what they are and you got to yep. just make it work. But then the ones that you do have control over, what do you do there? Yeah, yeah. No, mm. I think I think that that's a really good way to just have your kids partner with you. I mean, it honestly has changed the way that I relate to my kids about, and it's changed my relationship with work too. Yeah. Um, so that's been a that's, gift. Yeah, I bet. That's a really good, tell me more a little bit, or excuse me, tell me a little bit more about Carrie Media. You were saying yes. supporting yep. moms. So when I lost my job right at the beginning of the pandemic in TV news, and that, you know that's all I'd ever done, Julie. So I, Gosh. I, I was, you know, I like a lot of other moms had to figure out what to do in that moment. What was that time like before you move on from that? You, yeah, you aren't re-signed by the network. Like what, what was that moment like for you personally? Gut punch for sure. It was a gut punch because it came out of nowhere. Like my agent was really totally surprised. It didn't make any sense. But I, I often think that like we have to be pushed onto our path. And okay. a lot of, you know, your 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 purpose can come through your pain. And so I say like, this wasn't what I wanted, but it was absolutely mm-hmm. what I needed. Mm-hmm. And it's been the most beautiful chapter for our family. I couldn't have scripted it any better, but it has, but it came out of, came out of pain. So in that moment where I lost my job and I was like, yeah. what do I do? As all I've known is I used to say I could do, there's nothing else I could do except work in television news and be a reporter and anchor because that's all I'd ever known. Mm -hmm. I hadn't given myself permission to try anything different. And so I was like, do I stay in TV news? That's the safe, expected, comfortable choice. And I had other job offers or do I go for this thing? I, you know, for, for like eight years, I had had this like burning desire and no, it wasn't eight years. It started after the birth of my third kid. So that was 2014. Okay. So it was like for five, six years, it had been burning and mm-hmm. me to like really just advocate for, for mothers and mothers in the workplace, knowing how I was treated, how so many of the other moms I saw, how they were treated in the workplace, just because they were a mother, we get back to that motherhood penalty. Yes. And I was like, this isn't right. You know, as a journalist, you're always looking for marginalized groups and inequities. And I'm like, motherhood is marginalized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're paid less, value less, and scrutinized more once we become moms. Um, and so I just, I knew I had to go for this thing, had no idea what it was going to look like. So, you know, coming out of a season of loss, losing my job, we came down here to South Carolina for what we thought would be a couple of weeks, ended up just staying here and decided to really start advocating for working moms came up with the name carry because moms, we carry burdens. We carry so much. We carry our children. So we want to help carry mm-hmm. the burden for, for working moms and formed carry about a year and a half ago. And we provide low lessening content, um, you know, for working moms, we're there to advocate for working moms. So we're just getting started. <laughs> and so we started with a weekly newsletter for and by working moms, which is, again, it's got a lot of low lessening content. Like we see you, we hear you. If you don't laugh about it, you'll cry. Uh, <laughs> so too true. Uh, but it's, I feel like working moms is like a subset that's just kind of ignored. 
And yes, I believe all moms work. Okay. Yes. But there's 35 million mothers in the workplace that are working and are being penalized for it. And I'm like, I want to speak to them because there's lots of organizations that are speaking to women and lots of companies that are speaking to mothers. But I want to speak directly to the working mom because Mm. she is busting her ass. She's juggling a million things. She's most likely working because she has to. She might want to. Let's not villainize that either. No. Um, And she's um, being unfairly penalized and she's juggling a thousand and one things and never feel like, never feels like she's nailing it. So I'm like, I want to give her a voice. I want her to feel seen and heard. So that's what we've been doing. So well, I love that you are. I will be signing up for that newsletter post-haste. <laughs> Yay. It's every Sunday. It's weekly. It's like a five-minute read. It's free. We love doing it. And we that's, truly do. Building and what's the website for signing up for that? CarrieMedia.com. That's Carrie it. C-A-R-R-Y. Um, and it's the the Carriel is our weekly newsletter. Um, and it's it's awesome. It's load-lessening content for working moms, all kinds of tips. And again, if you don't laugh about it, you'll cry. <laughs> it's so true. I think anything that gives moms and women uh, permission to put things down, right? Absolutely. And that's exactly what you're doing, where you just put everything in there. So, And I also love that your book even speaks to that because you said that we get 14 minutes a day to ourselves, <laughs> which I read that and I was like, that sounds about right. Yep. And it is in 14-minute sections. So for anyone who's interested, they're going to pick this up and be able to really go through it in a way that works for your life. This is yeah. not, you You did a good job of including history and perspective, but it's not so exhaustive that mm-hmm. it made my eyes bleed. Because sometimes yeah. nonfiction can do that. <laughs> I know, I, I completely agree. That's why I love that term myth busting. It's like, yes. there's a reason that you're feeling the way you do. And yes. it's, but it's going to get better. So, and I want yes. I want us to all feel like we're going to be part of the solution for the next generation because I really do think we are. And you know, getting back to the digestible content, I know we're, we're moms don't have time to read. So I was like, it's really important we put it in like quick little sections. So because I'm reading a book now, and I'm like, is this chapter going to? I've been on the same chapter <laughs> for like the last four nights because I read before I go to bed, and I'm like, please, just a quick. When's the next like? break in the chapter and there aren't any. So that's why there's lots of little breaks and just quick sections so you can consume it. And there's the audio version, which has been super popular, actually. Like my publisher's like, wow, we didn't even think about that. But like, I'm like, moms don't have time to read, but we can listen to the book. (laughs) It's so true. And we can probably listen to it on the faster speed because we're just that tuned. Yes, we are. So we sure are. What is next for you? So you're going to be working with Carrie... Mm-hmm. Media. What What's the next thing on What's the next thing on your list that you are going to do just for you? Just for me? Oh my gosh! And you know that's one thing I address in the book is that there's a reason we're burnt out at record levels that mothers are, and so often we're saying no radically to everything, clearing our plate, mm-hmm. but we're also when we're saying no, we're removing some of the things that bring us joy, and so I think that's really important to do, and it's not selfish, okay? It's not no. self-care. It is not selfish. It's just ensuring that you don't have to carry it all. But weaving in, like you said, something that brings you just radical joy. And it could be, I'm going to hop in my car for three hours and take a drive in the countryside and, you know, stop a lot little country stores along the way. I just took, so I write in the book that I said yes to something that gave me joy. And I took a, um, a, 
trapeze yoga class, okay, which just brought me tons of joy. I, it was just something fun and adventurous. So last Friday, I was like, I'm going to take this water aerobics class at the Y. I just joined and I was like, I love old people. And um, I've always made fun of those classes, okay? I think we all have, right? Of course. Those old ladies kicked my ass. And so did the instructor. <laughs> so I signed up for an, it was, do you say aquatic or aquatic? Aquatic challenge I was the name aquatic, of the class. Yeah. Aquatic. I, I'm like, I sound funny when I say aquatic. <laughs> I signed up for this class. I'm coming back every Friday. Like I'm a regular, I've invited some of my other friends. So something just, it doesn't have to be like, I'm going to get a $200 massage. It's no. like, I'm taking a class that's just going to be super fun for me. I'm, you know, driving in the countryside or I am going to go shopping alone. I'm, I'm going to walk up and down the aisles of Target or Sephora. Yes. Right? With a coffee in my hand. So it's really important um, that we say yes to things that bring yeah. us radical joy. And they don't, they're often not big things and they don't really cost anything except for, you know, the $300 you're going to put down on 10 bottles of, or 10 tubes of lip gloss and, it's true. and primer. Mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. We do have to account for that. But <laughs> other than that, but the walking around, that won't cost you anything. The walking around <laughs> doesn't cost you a thing. So, but it's so important, you know, to realize that, we're, we're burnout at record levels here in this country as moms, and there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone. The system's not set up to support us. The country's not set up to support us. Attitudes aren't set up to support us. You know, it's your kid, your problem. But things are changing with this new generational, and that's what we have to remember. So much of the tension we feel is because of the generations. The most traditional family in American history, and this is what I tackle in Chapter 3, um, and I totally nerded out. It, it wasn't the 1950s family, which we think was so traditional, right? Yes. Which, by the way, was good for part of the people part of the time because black people couldn't work and women were pushed out of the workforce. And hundred yeah, percent, I could I could go on. Oh yeah, the dangers of nostalgia, uh, which you did a really good job. Dangers of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. We want the feeling, but not the reality. But the most traditional family in all of American history, which is short, we've not been around very long, was the when the the mother and father, the partners worked side by side. They labored together. They produced together. They raised the children together, but they worked side by side. It wasn't this bifurcation of, oh, you go work, I'll stay home. They worked together. They raised the children together. Um, that was the most traditional family in America. And that was the, one of those moments I was like, oh my, like I had a lot of aha moments, but a lot of, yes. I had so many blind spots that were revealed when I was talking to experts and thought leaders about this stuff. So, well, Thank you so much for writing oh, this book, you. for being thank someone you. who has a passion and not only a passion to address it and kind of expose these inequities, but also has a very hopeful posture that there is a way forward and that we can work on it in our little universes and also uh -huh. in our wider universe together. So I'm so yeah. glad. And I'm so glad we got to talk about your book today. Thanks for being here. And I'm so excited for your book. It is called In My Next Life, I Want to Be a Dad, right? <laughs> Should we change the title? Right. I'll, I'll get right on that. I'm sure they I, would love nothing more. I'm telling you what, that is hilarious. I would pick that up. I mean, I love Whoa. your, I love the other yes. title too, but this one makes me laugh. And I'm like, I know what this book's going to be. About. I know what this book's going to be about. <laughs> well, maybe we can co-write it. Hey, I'm down. I mean, since we'll hang out at Target when I come visit my folks. So it's, hey, we're set up. We're good I know. to go. I, I think we should, I want to do a series that's, you know, like Jay Shetty did a book called Think Like a Monk. Oh yeah. I think, I think we need to do something that's like, 
think like a mom, work like a mom. I don't know, do whatever like a mom. Because moms are freaking awesome, but we don't have to carry it all. And we can, but we don't need to anymore. We don't need to. Yeah. Well, we will end it there. Thanks so much, friend. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.